You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revenge After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revenge After Show. Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday, and welcome back to Revenge, Season 3, Episode 18, Blood. I am your host, Roxy Stryer, alongside Anna Koppel. Hey, y'all. And, of course, Phil Svitek. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Who is dual helping us out as co-host and engineer right now, so yay for Phil. Um, Okay, guys, overall thoughts on tonight's episode. A lot happened. We have a lot to talk about. What do we think? I just feel like I'm increasingly confused this season. And maybe <laughs> I'm just increasingly dumb in my age or as time – I don't know. But I just I just feel confused. That's how I'm feeling. Okay. Phil, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I'm not confused. Um, we're just definitely moving things. Here's the thing. We're reshuffling a lot of characters. Um, so today we trade in one character while Stevie kind of goes away. Um, and I'm not talking about Treadwell because, you know, obviously we've known Treadwell for a long time. Um, I think, uh, I think the, the problem is where we started off in season one, revenge was very clear to us. And now because we've gone through different measures and things like that, this plan hasn't failed. This plan hasn't failed. And so we're always getting new immediate plans and we don't quite understand what those immediate plans may be. So okay. sometimes we get lost. I think that there is so much going on in the show that to say you aren't confused at all is crazy because... I think even the characters are confused, you know. Um, I, I think I lie somewhere in between Certainly Victoria. Two. Yeah, I think everybody's confused. It's It's been a whirlwind of a season, and we have so much to talk about. So let's just jump right into it so we can try to break it down and understand what's going on together. This is some serious teamwork we need to put in here. Okay, so let's start with Margot and what's going on with her. So basically, she is disappointed this episode because Pascal decides that he is going to step down from running his company, which seems like a bizarre move after he's been so dedicated to his company. Um, And he wants to give it to Gideon, his son. Okay, so first of all, I don't think it's that bizarre of a move now that he has Victoria. You think now he has her, he has everything he wants, and he can give the company away? No, yeah, I mean, well, like, does he really have her? It's been what a couple of days. Yeah, and and you know, listen, I feel like Charlotte made one of those decisions. We can talk about that later, but yeah, not maybe people don't like always think their plans through mm-hmm. in the Hamptons, but uh, but yeah, I think that Pascal's reasonable in that. Hey, you know, like, I don't need to die at the office. Like, this is the woman I love. I've built this empire, and I'm ready to have a more balanced life. It sounds like that, you're trusting him. It's it's not that I, it's not that she's trusting him, but I th- I think he has the right play. And by being a part of the company, he's going to be intertwined with Conrad in some sort of way, and that's never good for by, business. By being a part of the company. Yes, because uh, what company? His own co- like but, that, oh, by staying the with whole his... the whole thing was because of um the tax returns right, and, right. and making a profit or pretending to make a profit when they weren't making a profit and all that and so 
it's just shady already. And you know what? I, I think he's got money in the bank. Leave all well, not, you know, spend the time. Yes, he may have Victoria. We'll see how that goes. But at least, like, put all your efforts into that. But it's very much so the difference between him and Conrad. Can we say that, to say the least? I mean, that this is showing that they are different people. When Actually, when Pascal first came onto the show, I was thinking him and Conrad are very similar. Now I'm kind of starting to think that they're very different. Um, And again, talking about the paths in life that people could have gone down if Victoria had ended up with somebody like Pascal, where they would be today, and if she would have been a better person for that. Um, It's just a lot to think about. Um, Well, in the beginning of this episode, it seemed to be that Pascal and Conrad were very similar and very cutthroat in that, like, uh, you know, Pascal had this deal going on for the to break into the South American market with uh, Alberto Loya, Mm -hmm. and um, he's like, they shuddered at my name, just as they once did for you, Conrad. Uh, And so it it did kind of seem that they're very similar types. But throughout the episode, I don't know. I mean, and I guess what I'm asking here, putting out there, is like, is everybody convinced by this? Uh, you know, Daniel had some talk with him, and you know, the deal fell through, and so now he's like, yeah, you know, maybe Margot's not so bad. Maybe she can run the company. And I, I think it was definitely a bunch of different things piling up on each other that he decided Margot would be the person to run the company. Um. I think Daniel coming to him had some effect on it, but I think it was more the fact that Gideon's been dropping the ball, had used his dad's name to make a couple things happen, um, hadn't been picking up his phone calls, and then he probably found out that Conrad went and poached some of his clients, all these things, and then after Margot, I think the icing on the cake was when Margot showed the five-year plan, and he was like, wow, this is something that took a lot of thought and effort. And my son wouldn't have done this. Right. Um, so I think for a lot of different reasons, it was smarter to go with Margot. And Pascal is a businessman, and he realized that. But you're buying that he now trusts her. Um, I think that we put a little too much faith in Margot originally, thinking that she was the best of the people. Uh, I think she's a little mm-hmm. closer to being on his level, um, as opposed to him being more trusting of her. I think we didn't really know the true full Margot yet. Okay. What do you think, Phil? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the start of it was last week when she, uh, remember Pascal said to her, you know, I used to worry for the sharks now, or I used to worry for you swimming with the sharks, now we're about the sharks. Right. Um, and her her being more and more with Daniel, again, it, it, we always kind of knew that was going to be a bad thing, and we're seeing this come to fruition in, in a very real form. Yeah, and it's definitely a tough situation. I mean, I'm all over Twitter right now, and people are not liking Margot. They're not liking her character, uh, which is hard because if you think about a couple episodes ago, we were sitting in one of the studios talking about how much we were starting to appreciate her and how great she looked and how awesome she was, and along with this new haircut has become this new attitude, and we're not liking her so much, and, and neither are the fans, from what it seems. Well, I certainly... At the beginning, at the top of the episode, where Jack, uh, you know, he's, like, really excited, and he just bought the house, and he's excited about the 30-year mortgage. Um, Mm -hmm. Hope he got a fixed rate. Uh, (laughs) But he goes to, like, hand her the keys, like, we're going to share this life together, and she goes to, like, take the call and just doesn't have any interest in it almost she's like congratulations like now i'm gonna go step back to my own life right she says she's so happy for him as opposed to being like i'm so happy for us right um she's definitely thinking you 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 and me 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 not 
wee wee wee. So here's the thing: I I'm, I'm surprised she spent most of that er- time early on thinking wee wee wee. Because if you're starting up your own uh, magazine and you really want to take it away from your father, she was spending a lot of time doing Jack's work, you know, apartment hunting, all this. But it's and not for, Jack's work. I, I understand that. But for someone who's so goal-driven and, and had this dream, she really kind of let go of the business for a while. I don't think she ever let go of the business. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, it's an ongoing battle whether you can have a career and a life. And if you have a life, can you give 100% to your career? And if you have a career, can you give 100% to your life? And and what the mixture is there. It's always, you know, it, people talk about it all the time. But I, I don't think she just, like, dropped the ball on Voulet because of Jack. Although she was saying that her father kind of felt that way. Um, I do think, though, she might be a better match for somebody like Daniel. And instead of having career time and boyfriend time, it kind of is one and the same. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, they seem to be more of like a Conrad and Victoria type. Daniel and Margot. You think? Yeah. But volatile like that or? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I kind of see them like doing good things together. For a while. Being just a powerhouse. For a while. I just think they're both not good people. So what kind of good are they going to do together? Mm. Good for each other. Yeah, not, good for each other, yeah. Maybe love brings out the best in people. Not if that. you're not capable of love. <laughs> also, not if you're not a good person. It's not in you. Right. But I don't know if that's true about either of them. There have been times where I thought both of them were good people, and, and maybe they can bring that out in each other. I'm not really sure. But remember um, what, remember the opera episode, I believe it was, where you know she they've known each other since they were 11 or whatever. Yeah. And you know both of them knew under very different circumstances. Daniel, we thought, was good. Uh, we thought she was good. Now they've completely. I, I'm just gonna say, I, he's evil. She's evil. They're both evil, and now they're gonna have this reign of evil. And I, you know, I if Jack's not careful, I know I am. But if if Jack's not careful, get caught. I I think he always knew this was a possibility, and now he's, you know, <clears throat> it's a self fulfilling prophecy in some ways. But I don't see, know. I don't. I don't like the way that she was speaking to him either, because like. There was obviously something inappropriate between Margot and Daniel happening in that moment, and Jack saw it, and he called her out on it. And I think that's an okay thing to be like, yeah, I mean, I just saw that. Daniel was obviously, like, comforting him. You had that kind of, like, oh, he's cute grin, like, on your face. And instead of just being like, okay, yeah, you caught me, she was like, I don't like jealous men. Right, which was so bizarre after last week's episode when she blatantly says you love Emily, and he's like, what? And she's like, never mind, let's just move on from that. So strange, Then, and that was her being jealous to this week, throwing that back at him and having him say something, and then her saying, I don't like jealous men, like, we're just friends. But do you feel like this is a lot of women? Yeah, I do, (laughs) I do, but does that make it right, or does that make it legitimate? I mean, I just think it's completely messed up, and... And, yeah, I do think it's a lot of women. I think that's a good point. I think it's a problem. I think with with Margot, we moved way too fast. Like, if you had to recap Jack's relationship on this whole thing, we're already moving in together. You know, how many months has it been? uh, This hasn't tracked well for Jack. Jack has a tendency of moving too fast. Yeah. What percentage chance is there that Jack and Margot make it? Zero. Zero? Yeah, There's a 0% okay. chance. See, that's my problem. I feel like I'm getting thrown around, like completely dicked around right now. There's no chance. 
Here's the thing, though, There's no chance, and we're investing so much time in this. But we're not. Here's the thing about... You learn something from every relationship, okay? So Jack needs to learn some lesson here, and we just need to be on board and support him through this. Okay, what was... (laughs) Poor Jack. I know. You think about it. What was Jack's lesson from his last relationship? Don't fall in love with somebody that isn't who they're claiming to be, and then they die? And his lesson from this relationship is... Don't fall in love with somebody who one time strips for somebody else when she sees him in the office. Like, uh, he, okay, you, you. he learned. Yeah, <laughs> I, first of all, speaking of overgeneralizing, he. Um, I'm just being. I feel like he learned how to like really open up and love with Fomanda. He has a son Fomanda. that he never sees out of that relationship. Carl, yeah. Carl. I mean, wait, here's the thing with 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 Amanda. <laughs> Uh, he learned, okay, perhaps... <laughs> no, because he's loved her, quote-unquote, his whole life. and But he had a feeling that something was off in that relationship. And he just kind of so went with it. He learned to trust his instincts. Mm-hmm. Yes, trust his instincts that, okay, go for love. With uh, with with Margo, it's, okay, don't be so hasty. And especially, you know, as, as great as a person may be, if they're somehow tied to the Graysons... And they say, like, hey, Conrad's not a bad guy or Daniel's not a bad guy. Probably yeah. a bad woman. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? I feel like Jack wasn't hasty. I think he was very clear. He was like, I don't want any part of this. I'm not ready for this. I just lost somebody. And she was, like, really aggressive. And she's like, it doesn't have to be a date. Like, I'm just going to – we're just going to go skinny dipping. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the yeah, 4th yeah. of July party or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Women and know how to get guys. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we do. We- yeah, well, it's, a it's, a thing. Yeah. it's the thing that we figured out over the years. Yeah, um, it is. It is a little strange, and I feel like we're investing time. But you're right; no relationship is worthless or useless. And I do think he's going to learn some valuable lessons. I just feel at like what cost? It, at, at what cost? At what cost? And if you're going to end up with Emily, then like, oh man, we spent a lot of time apart. You know, I don't know how many seasons we have left of Revenge, but like, at least I want to see you guys together for a bit. If that's what's going to happen. I mean, we're going to get to Emily and Aiden in a little bit, but I'm, I'm having a really hard time with them right now. But I just wanted to stay on um, what we were talking about for a second because we were talking about Pascal, and I thought it was really interesting tonight how we tied in Victoria with Pascal because they were like lovey McDovey over here. I mean, like making out, holding each other. She was talking about last week how she has trust issues. I don't see your trust issues. Okay, wait, but she did say, like, she's she willing to try. give it. Yeah, and so she is trying. Yeah, and, and they're both at war with other people, and, and they're trying to make it work. Um, I just think, like, disasters in the air, especially the fact that he she was basically prostituted to Pascal from Conrad, and now he's not holding up his end of the bargain. Yeah. Also, like... Somebody just comes to you with, like, a deed from a house where there's, like, already some sort of scandal attached to it. Right. And you're just like, oh, great. This makes up for you cheating. Like, you're a different person. Like, like who actually owns great. Grayson Manor? Like, I don't think any of us know anymore. Right. It's got to be Dave <laughs> Clark's. It's like, yeah. yeah, definitely. It, I mean, it, it's a mess, and that can't be good. There's no way Conrad's going to let this go. He literally prostituted out his wife, and now he wants something in return. Fair yeah. enough, Conrad. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about, to me, one of the most interesting parts of the episode, which is Aiden's journey tonight. 
First of all, Aiden should never wear a hat. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I I kept looking at you, and I actually I feel bad about it because I hate when people do this when we're watching TV shows. And I kept asking you so many questions, <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. I was like, I'm watching it for um, the first time too. We're I'm here also together. watching the same show you're watching, and I don't know the answer. I was like, is this a flashback? Is this a flashback? Is this a flashback? Because Aiden looked, was wearing a fedora. Aiden was looked so no different that I was like, and he was wearing a fedora. I was like, there's no way this could be happening right now like are they trying to show us something from five years ago from when they first like what what is this but it ends up not being any of those things it ends up being that they want to go talk to Aiden's mother and they want to try to figure out what they can um about the connection with Pascal here's what I also really didn't understand about this episode there's so many like almost every episode I'm like wait you guys pause this was this, like, this, this, and this? And I have, like, eight questions about it. And it's like, no, remember, that's a reference from season one. I'm like, no, I don't remember that. Um, but for some reason, they decided to recap Aiden's story, Aiden and Emily's story at the beginning. They're like, yeah, you know, and my father was a baggage handler. It's like, yeah, we know that. I, Yeah, we totally know that. And it's like, and Colleen was kidnapped. It's like, yeah, we know that. Like, I mean, why Why we, did they Why did they recap that whole story? We watched you find Colleen. We watched all that. Anyway, I, I know what you're saying, but I do have to say I would rather them do that than the times that I'm like, what's going on? And not. I would love for them to do I would love for them to do that every episode. That would be amazing. Yeah. That would, and, but why did they pick this time? I, I really right. don't know. And something that is, like, very clear... I think in our minds and we've talked about for seasons now and I just don't understand. Phil, do you have any insight on this? That <laughs> like uh, As to why they, I don't know, why they picked this over um, anything else. I, I didn't mind it. It was a nice kind of full refresher. Otherwise I would sure. feel like an idiot if we were talking about it. Be like, Wait, what? what? Yeah. Um, Which we do. You know, sometimes <laughs> that'll happen, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, poor guys at home. We love you guys. Thank you yeah. for, for filling us in on all these things and being our narration when we need it. You guys are the best all over iTunes and YouTube. Keep on rating, commenting, and subscribing. We love you. Here's um, the problem. Like, one of the – the reason why it does become so difficult is because, let's say, there's, like, a vague fact from the past. And it doesn't quite coincide with what's happening in the present. Well, they tend to rewrite the history so mm-hmm. it fits a little bit more with what's going on, and that's where it gets confusing. Yeah. Whereas Colleen, like, okay, we get it. We're cool. Yeah. The mom was such a munchkin, though, that yeah, I had adorable. a really hard time with this part of the episode. Um, we'll, we'll get to what I thought was a little bit of a force, but before we get to that point... The mom actually said something to Emily, which I thought was really interesting. She says, you're marrying a man with the broken heart of a 12-year-old boy. And I, even though I do know the specifics of what happened with Aiden, I always forget that, like, he is struggling as well as Emily, you know, because he's such a rock for Emily and such a support for Emily all the time. And we haven't seen him on the revenge path for so long that I forget he is a broken person, too. And it was really interesting to hear the mom say that and for Emily to find out that not only, I mean, she knew Aiden's dad killed himself, but that Aiden found him. Yeah. Which is such a different situation. What did you guys think about all this? Go ahead, Phil. Do you want to... <laughs> I, um, I appreciated how they kind of approached the whole... like. The, the whole situation and, uh, you know, lying to the mother and things like that. And then the reconciliation they had at the end by telling her the truth about all of this. Um, mm-hmm. the, I, I enjoyed that kind of 
emotional aspect to, to tonight's storyline. In terms of how Aiden is as a person to, to find his father, I don't know. It, it's definitely difficult. Um, yeah, and, and what, what's so interesting is that he hasn't been on, you, you mentioned it, he hasn't been on a path of revenge. In fact, he's the opposite, ironically. He said, like, revenge is not worth it. And yet he's still helping Emily in, through all of this. Right. And going, you know, and then going to the depths that he is, you know, unveiling truths about his own family. But I am curious if it, if it bothered you guys at all the way that I do think he should have told his mother about Colleen. I, I do think that that was important. But I don't know whether it was the writing or the acting or what it was that seemed like, or the, the rushedness of it all that seemed like such a force to me that he told his mom that his sister was dead and she, within 30 seconds, was like, okay. Well, you know, he says that the other men are dead also, and that she didn't actually run away, which made it better, but it just seemed so fast and so forced to me. Well, she has been without Colleen for like 16 years, Mm -hmm. so I'm sure the thought of she's dead has run through her mind. Many yeah, but times. We, we find out earlier from her that she's like, I hope she's happy. It, I hope she ran away to a happier life. Right. Yeah, she said to Emily, which, which I thought was a really kind of like sad, tragic. Right, absolutely. Line. But it made us realize that she had no idea that Colleen was dead. And I'm not saying it never crossed her mind, but it wasn't the number one thought. Clearly. Right. Well, I think that's always like the hope when you if somebody goes right. missing that, of course, you hang on to that hope. But, uh, you know, I it's a good point that, you know, Aiden's a broken person, but you know, the same point to his mom. I think everybody on the show is a broken person. His mom's a broken person, too. You know, she hasn't left that house with all of these horrible memories and, like, hangs on to this idea that Colleen's left for this better life when, you know, she hasn't heard a word from her in 16 years. And these are all, like, really damaged people. And it makes me like Emily less. Really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because she's just enrolling all of these people in, like, her agenda... And okay, but apart, you know, there's there's some people who um, uh, don't choose to be a part of it, but then like Aiden, he is choosing to be a part of it, and it's not great that it's affecting, you know, his, his people that that mean so much to him, but have no choice in the matter. Who has no choice in the matter? The mother. Jack. The mother. Well, Jack now made the choice. Yeah, yeah. Jack had less of a choice though, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know what you're saying. And it's like, Emily, why is your revenge or your life take precedence over somebody else's? Right. Um, but I, I do love Emily. But I, again, I've had the same issue that you're having with her right now many times throughout the season and other seasons where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just so frustrated with you. And I feel like you, it, you're being selfish at some point. Um, it's, it's not necessarily like anything uh, that is unique to her. Um, more so than any other human being. I think that uh, we all are like, well, wait a minute. Like, my pain is more important than right. anything else that's I mean, going on right her, now. Her dad did get very screwed as opposed to some people who only just get a little screwed. But, but so, so did some, Aiden's dad. Yeah, They're in a totally. very similar situation. Absolutely. The fact that she can't, like, Absolutely. I guess she did put some stuff aside this week. and 
Yeah, a, a little bit, and she did go try to help him and be there for him, which is true. And if he was still on a path of revenge, she would be there. But I, I thought that I'm trying to just go back to what I was saying about it being unrealistic, and I, and I think as we're talking this through, I think my biggest problem was the fact that the mom had no questions. Like, right? It, like if somebody came to me and said something to me, I, even if I heard them or even if I understood, I would say, "What?" You know what I mean? Like she just like accepted everything. Yeah. How did you find these guys? Yeah. yeah. Like, How'd you track them down? Like, literally, she, are they dead? Like, what's happened to the guys? They're, they're dead. Okay. You know, not good. Not good. Exactly. She says <laughs> yeah. good. Like, not like, did you kill these men? Or did, how did she die? Or how did she die? Yeah. Or who, like, why was she kidnapped? You know, anything. And I know that maybe she was in shock, so questions could come later, but it's just like, at least like a, what? Or yeah. huh? just, I, I don't know. Um, but obviously, there was so much in tonight's episode that we didn't really have time for her to ask questions, um, which is really great for the show and also kind of harsh when there, there's so much going on. I mean, if, even if this isn't, hasn't been your favorite season, you can't say for lack of activity because, like, Right. They're keeping us on our toes every single freaking turn, whether it's adding new characters, taking them away, um, death and love and sex and everybody being shirtless and whatever it is and traveling. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There is. Do you sure. think that too much or do you think that we need this because it's season three and we're on at 10 p.m. and we're sexier and later and revengier than ever? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think I have mixed feelings about uh, there are some characters I think I would like to hang on to a little bit longer. Some like I just don't understand. Are we moving? No, no, no. We're still good. This is a great place for this. Um, The whole <laughs> like, fantastic. Uh, the whole Oscar Chapman thing. When, first of all, the fact that Aiden's like, wait a second, like this desk, uh, I was the last one to see this. It's the last one, last thing that we worked on, but I didn't notice this giant scribble through the middle of it. Okay, so... It's, it's strange. Right before that, we find out that him and his father had this code mm-hmm. where they only write the bottom half of words. Which, by the way, I cracked that code right away. You're a genius. Yeah, I mean... That makes you brilliant. <laughs> I'm, Emily says, like, boys only. Yeah. It's like, how... <laughs> what? I did it so quickly. Um... And then the reason that they showed us that was because then later on, like you're saying, in under all the dust, yeah, um, is this name Oscar Chapman, and Aiden doesn't know what it is, and he's like, "This is so weird because I've never seen this." But we do find out he hasn't been back in this room since he saw his father die, right? Um, so I guess this has just been sitting here for all of these years, yeah. Um, so apparently nobody else has bothered to go into the room. There was, there was clearly no investigation of this place. But does it also strike you as odd that Oscar Chapman is, like, an investigative reporter that faked his own death, and Mason Treadwell happens to know that he's another investigative reporter that faked his own death? I mean, I don't know. I just found, like, it was... You feel like it's too much of a coincidence? Too good to be true? Like, what are you thinking? I just... I feel like it's a lot of coincidence in the same. We haven't even seen Mason Treadwell in years, and now they he's back with the, with the same mystery death as somebody with the same career. Yeah. The same episode. They, they use Mason Treadwell as a catalyst. Like, we need somebody to push the story forward. That's when they bring him back onto the show. It's like, oop, 
we need somebody who can do this for us. Explain this. Yeah. yeah. So let's throw Mason in there. Although I do have to say, I always love seeing Mason. He's I, he's I love him too. Character. Yeah. But you are right. It is kind of a weird coincidence. Um, but let's just take it for what it is for right now. You know. So it is what it is. Oscar Chapman in the picture. What? I mean, what's he here for? Why? Why? What are we introducing this character for? What does he have on Pascal? Why does he fake his own death? What are we thinking right now that we're, we are well, walking into? It, there's, I mean, again, it's it's a byproduct of there's only so far you can go with each character's secrets. Like you can't just keep making up secrets for characters. So what do you do? You make up characters to have secrets, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, I think that's unfortunately this. And uh, I don't know. Do I agree with it? Yeah. I, I was just getting to. We'll talk about Stevie, but like, I was getting to love Stevie. I really do. And now <laughs> she's gone. Yeah. So, um, as as uh, where is this going? I don't know. It, for me, the frustrating part is how much validity can all these people have? Because we keep every week. It's like, okay, this person's going to be the key to solving the mystery or whatever. It's like there never are. But I just like want some mystery to be solved. Like some you feel like you're, so many cases are being opened and none are being closed. Right. I, I, I feel that too. Um, so hopefully this Oscar Chapman case has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, because I'm really confused about where he's going to fit in the storyline, but I know we're going to find out. What, what, what? I just... Open am, mouth on him. Well, I just have <laughs> concern, and that's what they call me, um, that... <laughs> I mean, you just what like called that out. It was so unnecessary. <laughs> so rude. Um, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so yeah, rude. It's, uh, it's only because I love you, girl. I just feel like... I love you, too. <laughs> oh. um, Revenge. That it's... <laughs> hashtag. Well, just like a parallel relationship that... Oh yeah, Oscar Chapman is the—he's like the London version of Mason Treadwell, who who's a freelance reporter, and Aiden's dad wanted Aiden to know about him because he has all the inside scoop. And also, was that like his, his suicide innocence. note? Probably. But what's what, and like what's bummer the, that it took Aiden so long to find. <laughs> yeah, too bad. Like, too bad. Here's the thing: it, it aligns Emily and Aiden more. Right, because because Emily's always kind of had right her box, the infinity symbols, and, and the diary, and this and that, and Aiden's kind of had his own thing, whatever that may have been. But now he has this to go. You know what I mean? So the, and and obviously they are getting closer together. So all right, but I, we we're going to wait to talk to about this until news and gossip. But I'm going to throw it in here because it just is so relevant that I can't. Just can't. We, we already talked. I just can't. Forty percent of white girls just can't. <laughs> I already talked about, or we already spoke about the other week, how Aiden um, is on a new pilot. He got picked up on another ABC show, and he is no longer going to be on Revenge. Now we know that one of the main characters, or a large character on Revenge, is dying in the finale. That was leaked. So, I'm not saying that A necessarily equals B, but it seems like Aiden might be dying. If that is the case, I just feel like what we're saying right now with Aiden and he and he's getting he's similar with Emily and the moment we have with Aiden and Emily night where he kisses her, which was like effing amazing, and I just wanted to scream and shout, and it was incredible. And <laughs> you I guys, loved- it was adorable. Roxy and I, when she like grabs my arm, she's like, "Thank God!" <laughs> yeah, I was like freaking <laughs> out. So like I just loved it, and they looked amazing together. It was just incredible. 
I, I, I just, but I also know that Jack and Emily are endgame, so it's so hard to invest my time over there. And I feel like we're going to kill Aiden. I feel like he's going to die. I, 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 I would prefer not to go that route. I would prefer where they just get into a huge argument and he leaves because he can no longer abide by what Emily wants. But that's happened mm-hmm. every time and he's never going to leave for good. It's never going to happen. Because he has the broken heart of a 12-year-old boy. Exactly. And he's going to go back to her because there is, I, I do think it's possible to have multiple loves in your life and they are a love, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't think that unless one of them ends up dead, they're ever going to not be able to be a love. And so I think he's going to end up dead, which breaks my heart and makes me very frustrated that this season is so geared towards the two of them, you know? Uh, I mean, are you guys, the moment that we see tonight with them kissing, love it, hate it, don't care? I like the moment a lot, and I hope that it's not Aiden that dies. Um, It you know, probably will be. Um, but I don't... That's just so grim. <laughs> well, just because he got picked up on that other yeah. show. So, I mean, why is he got to die? Because we also know that somebody's dying in the season finale. Well, okay, was, but why is it got to be him? Somebody hinted that it might be Josh Bowman. I mean, that would be really weird to me, but we did do some news and gossip a few weeks ago about how his character didn't really want to be on the show. The actor didn't really want to be on the show anymore. So mm. that's an interesting thing. Um, I, I don't think anybody's necessarily safe, so I'm not saying that it absolutely is going right. to be Aiden, but but it but seems I think that's that a it, smart yeah. guess. But but I don't like this route of now Daniel's a jerk and Aiden's might be dying, so we go with Jack. So we go with Jack. Exactly. Yeah, Jack, because then it seems be, like he's a consolation prize. Exactly. It it shouldn't be that he's the only one left. Right. It should be that he she chooses him. Exactly. And I completely agree. I I feel bothered by it. And I I don't know. It just I love Aiden. I love his character, and I love Jack, and I love his character. I certainly don't want Jack with Margot anymore. I'd rather him alone. Get her out. I know. There. I know. We got to get her out. And if that's with Daniel somewhere, then that's totally fine. It's fine. Anyway, moving on from my little Aiden rant, let's talk a little bit more about Mason and what happens here, okay? So we love it. We love when he comes on the show. His character is awesome. That little smirk he gives is to die for. It happens like 16 times tonight in the episode. Every time I'm like, you, you, you son of a bitch. Um, But he's amazing. And basically, he comes back because Victoria wants the ish on Emily. What is going on? What do you have on her? What does she have on you? Or what, what, what? Did her name come up in your research? And Mason debates taking this bait a little bit because he doesn't know if Emily's going to come through on her bargain. Next thing we know, Stevie's there. What did Emily say to Stevie to get Stevie to go? Because Stevie doesn't know everything. Right. But they were always aligned. But but we don't see that conversation in it. But I think that Jack talked to her because Jack is actually the one who said, because Nolan said, well, what are we going to do? Because every conversation is recorded and he's like, not every conversation. Right. Okay. So Jack might have been the one to talk to her. Okay. And then she would do anything for him. And what they end up doing is fake killing Mason, Mm -hmm. somehow making Nolan a la... Oscar Chapman. Right. Somehow making Nolan the driver. 
and some face cream being 12-hour poisonous with Chinese herbal blends. Japanese. Oh, Japanese herbal blends. Excuse me. Um, well, uh, that's a Takeda move. Yeah. It's Japanese. It's th- oh, it's from Takeda. Smart. Yes. Very yeah. smart. I thought that Emily was just growing them in her backyard. No. no. Um, <laughs> and I love gardening. <laughs> I uh, think that I need to use some of these for, like, good night's sleep. You know? Like, Put the Japanese herbal spices on my face and make me die for 12 hours. That didn't look comfortable at all. <laughs> and maybe we should talk after the show. <laughs> I'm sure there's side effects. Yeah. Okay, well, regardless, he wakes up in a panic. You're, you're probably right. In a bag, yeah. In a bag. Uh, um, and he um, is like, where am I? Hi, Nolan Ross. Right, yeah. So Nolan, I guess, like, got an internship at the coroner's office that day. Yeah, because, duh, easy peasy. Yeah. And Nolan's tapped into all of that. Yeah. He just has all of that. Here's your new identity and my jet plane. And then they end up, yeah, giving him the identity, the jet plane. They're like, we're sticking to our end of the bargain. And he's like, okay, I'll stick to mine. And they're making allies and... I just, you can't trust Mason Treadwell Do you because... think he's lying about Oscar Chapman? No. That's too much. Especially because we have that line where Aiden asks Emily if he's lying about Oscar, and Emily's like, no, because blah, 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 whatever. He wants his book. Up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just don't, I don't think he's lying about that. I just think he's a, a liar as a person, and you can't trust somebody who will... Be sold to the highest bidder. But then, how? What do you believe that he isn't lying about? I, no, I I just don't trust him. Like I I think that he would make up anything to be. I agree with I agree with that point. I just but no. I, I I think that he Oscar is who he says he is. I don't know how Mason knows that. Mason seems to know everything though, which is why we keep him on, on the show. He's like a horrible version. He's God gone wrong. You know, like. All the strings to pull, and anyway, okay, no, nobody's getting this one, so I'm just gonna move on well, for a second. So, anyway, so Mason's gone, um, and he leaves us with that information about Oscar. No one calls, tells Emily. Now we have Oscar's alive, and this is a new path of revenge that we can follow for Aiden. Uh, are we excited to see Aiden go back down this path? Sure, sure, Phil. <laughs> I think sure. so. I, I think eventually he had to come back and, and kind of be an active player, so to speak. He couldn't just yeah be on the sidelines. Check. Check. Checkmate. Huh. Um, I don't play chess. I don't actually know if that's how really? it works. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> anyway, all right. So then a lot of other things happen this episode. Uh, we get that random Charlotte Javier scene where... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this, is the, this is the most interesting to me, even though it didn't have the most kind of development. But again, where she's getting so good at espionage and she's with the voulet tip line and all, you know what I mean? And there's a dark side to Charlotte, and it's going to come out in odd ways. And you know, we never should have trusted Javier, and he let he let that slip up uh, about you know. Not to the full extent, but she's very intrigued by. It's not really his things. fault though, because he doesn't even. What's really not know his he, fault? That he slipped that up. He doesn't really know what he's doing because he doesn't even know what's a, like secret and what it is that he's carrying. And I, I don't know. I just think that these are two people, Charlotte and Javier, that have way too much power and no idea what they're doing with it, and they're okay, gonna it, mess something. Is up. it even love? Like, 
He no. met her last week. I didn't call it love. Right. And that's the thing. They're too young and drunk with power. Whoever, right. Yeah. Uh, but I completely agree with that, Phil. Like, even even though she's, like, feeling left out and, like, Nolan and Jack were so sketchy. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll call you later. We yeah, just, so sketchy. So dumb. Who's being railroaded? Emily? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about, guys? <laughs> so even though she feels left out of, like, the little club or whatever, like, she still knows them so much better. She just met Javier, and she's like, I'm going to give you inside information. Like, what? I'm going to carry you with my brother. Charlotte, you're you're so dumb. Well, like, why would you do that? We didn't get to see the contract, but if Nolan actually tried to screw Javier, which I don't believe he did, but if he actually did try to screw Javier out of his name or some money or whatever, if I was Javier, I'd be pissed, too. He designed this, like, cool new social media thing. That but actually he wasn't he cool. Didn't bring it was really creepy. Full, he didn't bring it to full fruition. And and not only that, but like it's called a contract negotiation. You don't just like throw it on the floor and throw a tantrum and run out like a child. You're like, you know what? I'm not comfortable with seventy percent. What do you say to fifty fifty? And then he comes back with sixty forty. I mean, yeah, but he's he's not thinking about this as a business deal. He's thinking about this like my friend just screwed me over. You know, like and, I understand. He right. He's a child. Right. Who, but yeah. you're, you're so right. This this is business. So. I propose something, and you counter that. Right, and perhaps we should have lawyers in the room. I don't know, but... Or or at least a conversation as opposed to right, a just fit. Like, but yeah, a- absolutely. And then I'm go needed. run off to your new girlfriend who, I guess, hello I think is the thing, a makeout. I, I think it's partly that his friend screwed him, but ultimately I think with... Um, with him, he's just he's just more angry at the fact that he's not number one, right? He's always wanted to get on the same level as Nolan. Mm-hmm. And to be considered like, okay, Nolan's 70% of what I, you know, to my 30, you know, as you were saying, if we were 50-50, then that means we're equals. Or 60-40, that means he's just slightly better than me. But 70% to be, you know, again, it's just like, wow, am I really that dumb? Well, his logic was the fact that, Nolan has nothing to lose. Nolan has all this money, and and it's nothing to him to give it away. But he has everything to gain because the last thing he did ended up in jail, and the thing before that was so long ago. But I would counter that saying, what are you really losing, Javier? You're not putting up any money. I was going to say, like, that's a a great song, Javier. Why don't you go sing it to a bank? Yeah, I know. (laughs) It bothered me, too, and... You, it's, just, it's just money. It's just like millions of dollars. Why don't you just give it to me? Right, and it, it's ridiculous. And I, idiot. I am very nervous if Javier and Daniel get into business with each other, and what that's going to do for for the, the gang. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like it could be possibly disastrous. But anyway, can we talk about what I believe to be? The, well, here's the, the problem. Oh, go, go, go. Well, only, only because uh, you know we're still kind of learning about what the hell. Uh, Javier can even kind of create and right uh, <laughs> though seeing the thing in, in fruition last week with Charlotte and whatnot by Daniel running a magazine and possibly whatever's going to happen with Boulay and everything else again they, they they could all like we might have a carry on in our situation in some weird not not like obviously in that like where it shuts down electricity but in just some sort of weird social media movement thing that I, I can't even explain because I don't even know how to begin i mean it seemed so invasive and illegal like to have the people's faces pop up and like talk to you about their desires and stuff but i don't know to me facebook almost seems like 
illegal and evasive. Like people know things that they should never know. I don't want to throw you under the bus <laughs> to the audience, so I'm going to let you tell them yourself what we were doing right before we went on the air. Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay, guys. I'm new to I'm new to the Tinder game. I am. I'm new to the <laughs> Tinder game. <laughs> Uh, but that is something that I, like, willingly signed up for. As um, opposed to Facebook. No, no, no. But, like, Facebook, I never put my phone number in, and my phone number was there the other day, and I, like, had to go and delete it. And I was like, mm. how did it know my phone number? Like, things like that. Or, like, them having your – I don't know. There's just some weird things about it. But but you understand the whole concept of, like, this person's in your area and, like – Right. Absolutely. But then they're, like, talking to you. I don't know. I just think that, like, social media is kind of a weird thing. I even think Tinder's a weird thing, but I'm kind of caving to it. I don't know. I really don't know. Oh, my god. Are you gosh. really – wait. Is it just – what? what why <laughs> – on a completely different tangent. Why Tinder? <laughs> are, are you just lonely? What? No, no. I don't think it's that. You're trying to find a buddy because you're going to find know. some was, weird buddies. I was a little went. tipsy one night and my roommate came back and she decided to download on my phone. She picked my pictures out. It's kind of a Everybody fun thing. Everybody like, that she admits that she's drunk but blames the roommate. Although I could see, <laughs> I, I could I see her me. roommate doing it. I, she did do it, but I could deactivate it you know so that's on me but it's kind of fun you swipe and you swipe and you swipe and people like talk to you and it's a confidence booster when you swipe somebody who swipes you and you're like ooh, ooh they think i'm pretty like <laughs> yeah. i don't know I, I don't know about anything i'll ever meet somebody on it but i'm not hating it right now anyway so this is not i, I swear to god we are not being paid by tinder right now this is not one of our advertisements if you want to if it was it's it. not the best advertisement <laughs> yeah um, we know. wouldn't mind being paid by tinder <laughs> But yeah, uh, it work. and um, you know, if anybody here thinks that they would make Roxy happy, then just Tinder me. Just Tinder her. All I want is some Tinder love and care. Um, oh, well done. Thank you, thank you, my that friend. Was very good. Um, okay, n- moving how, on. Wait, how how it relates to the show again? I, okay, again, <laughs> good. Bring it back, Phil. No, because here's the thing: if we're tapping into cell phones and things like that, then uh, you know. We just have, like, a basically automated Boulay tip line. Like, uh, if all of a sudden, let's say, hypothetical, right? Daniel sends a text to um, Margo, right? And it, it's a little bit luscious. Boulay tip line gets it, like, Daniel sends a text message to Margo, luscious, and then, boom, we have a story. So you, this is Gossip Girl 2.0? Yes. Okay, cool. Because I love that show. Phil, um, what might this life. what Ooh. might this text message say? Yeah, like in your luscious <laughs> world, in your in your most in your luscious most fantasies. Luscious. <laughs> in my it? most luscious, uh, it says Daniel or uh, Jack didn't come home. Can I stay over Wait, or but, something uh, like that? Do the voice though. Who, Margo? Or sh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either one. <laughs> Jack did not come home. <laughs> Would you like to stay? Okay, amazing. So that was incredible. Yeah. I'm going to replay that so many times tonight. So uh, happy right. right now. But let's talk about, <laughs> I'm changing tones, guys. Let me change tones. Do it. I want to talk about, to me, the saddest moment of the entire episode, which, of course, I'm talking about Stevie and what happened with her. Dude. Um, Victoria, you see you next Tuesday. I mean, Here's come what it on. Is. Jack, you know, he was starting to finally gain, like, a family, right? Margot. Now Stevie, and, and that was, that was like a out of left field. Like, hey, I am your mother. We're like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa! Is this good? Is this bad? And we get get a couple episodes of getting to know her. Margot is crapping the bed for all intents and purposes, and now Stevie is gone. I know, but it's the same thing we had to do with Patrick because this place screws up good people. 
You know, and but I thought she was. I, she was out. a lawyer. I thought we were ready to fight. We were going to take people She'd to court. She's been sober for twenty years, and now, I mean, not down the drain, but like, come on, woman. Yeah, how do you I, fall for that one? Here's the thing: is that like, uh, yeah, that I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but we knew it was going to. We, we we had been predicting it because it just yeah. from a writing perspective, it's like I've been sober. This many years. I've been sober this many years. It's like, okay, if you keep saying it, you're not going to be sober tomorrow. Right. Do you think that she has been sober? I don't know. That's and by the way, wondering. she didn't go to one meeting while she was there <laughs> or any anything. No, we saw, we saw her walk out of one meeting and Emily bumped into her. Oh, that's meeting. right. That's right. You're yeah. right. I take um, it back. But I, I don't know. I think that it's very interesting. I don't know if she has been sober this whole time. She claims she has. Uh, this would seem like a, not a weird thing to fall off the wagon for, but like. You know, when you're on it for that long. No, I think it's a very weird thing to fall off the wagon for. Um, and here's the: she was ready to fight Victoria, to quote unquote, the death over the deed, and she was helping Conrad, and we were doing all the like. She just seemed like she knew what she was getting into. Right. This was because here's the thing: it's not her first time at the rodeo. This mm-hmm. was supposed to be like years later. I know what these people are capable of. I'm strong enough to go back and claim my son. Right. And- I was wondering why Jack wasn't more angry with her. You know, he walks in and he's kind of, he's not angry. And I and usually I picture Jack to kind of like blow up at first and then try to deal with it later. But then I realized Jack definitely knew that Mason wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. And, and he was part of that plan. And now he's probably partially feeling responsible for what happened with his mom. Yeah. And he, yeah, he said what happened to Mason wasn't your fault. And yeah. he also... He just like uh, also he doesn't have the emotional investment in her as like his mother growing up his whole life. Right. So he's only known her a couple weeks, and I'm sure has seen his fair share of alcoholism, whatever, growing up at a bar. But <laughs> also, I think like understands at this point this this game that Emily plays sucks people in and spits people out. And yeah. There's, Absolutely. There's collateral damage. Um. Also, th- this is a weird comment. Not that I wish this happened, but we keep hearing about what a monster Stevie is when she was drunk. She didn't do anything that monstrous. I kind of thought that she was going to like throw something or break something or do something. I or come out so with sad. the truth. I, I think monstrous could also mean like, hey, you just, you know what I mean? If, if Anna tells me a big, deep, dark secret, all of a sudden I'm like, Roxy, you wouldn't believe Anna, you know, blah, right. blah. And that's how I, I felt this. That's what I'm saying. Do something. Something. But we didn't see anything of that nature. Maybe it's just because we haven't seen her for long enough yet. Maybe something will come out if we get her to stay at all. Also, what did... I mean, I feel like she had, like, a third of that bottle. And I... I mean... Like, are you... Are you calling her a terrible alcoholic? No, she's calling her a lightweight. Yeah. Like, people... People who are, like, severe alcoholics who, like, go and get sober for 20 years... I feel I can handle more than... I mean, I'm just going to say that if I was going to break my... If I was sober for 20 years and I was going to break it, I'm talking about Heroin, serious right? chugging. Yeah, yeah. like, that, <laughs> some, something's going all the way down because, like, I'm, I'm not going to have a sip of something. What is she doing tonight? <laughs> what is she doing tonight? Somebody take her off Tinder. Oh, <sighs> Anyway, I know, I know. Fans just, out there. I don't know how you can figure it. Like, you know, it's Roxy's that, on Tinder. I'm on that struggle. Roxy's life. on Tinder. And it's going come to the down. LA, come to the LA area. I'm Tinder. If you're close enough, I don't know how it fully works. I've but got you a know lot what? of Tinder puns tonight. <laughs> I'm thinking about it for a good week now. 
right. Knowing that you call me out on air. I know um, I love it. Uh, well, it's fine because I called you open mouth on so. <laughs> Anyway, I think that pretty much covers tonight's episode. Um, we already talked about how somebody's going to die in the finale, which was our news and gossip. I got news. All right, After what's up? TV news. Y'all didn't see Captain America, did you? Oh, no. Oh. Tell us about Emily. She was great. I felt like she needed to be on there more. Of course uh, she did. Well, but here's the thing. It was interesting. Not not really a spoiler, but kind of a spoiler. So tune away for like 20 seconds if you really don't want to hear. Um, she plays she, she plays like an agent in the whole kind of thing and, she, and whatnot. And Scarlett Johansson's character keeps saying, like, you should go out with the nurse because she portrays a, quote, nurse at the beginning. And yet there's no, like, sexual advances. It's more like uh, Captain America and Scarlett Johansson's character. Yet at the end, she's th- Scarlett Johansson's still like, go be with the nurse. And so I wonder if in the third Captain America, they actually have a love interest. But it'd be like me making out with one girl and then being... So, and her- so it's a total spoiler that you just gave away. No, because it doesn't. So, here's the thing: because it doesn't affect the plot in any real okay. sort of way. Because, but he's making predictions but for a movie her... that's not in production yet. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait! Not, not, not in production. Uh, at the end of the credits, said you will see Captain America, uh, blah blah blah, Captain America: Age of Fury or something like that, 2016. All right. So well, anyway, how was her production. performance? <laughs> okay. As always, amazing. But again, I I, I, I felt like they didn't give her enough. Well, okay, 2016. 2016. Let's see it, baby. You go, Emily Van Camp. We love you. Okay, let's get to some predictions for our actual show as opposed to Captain America. Keep it together, Fury of Revenge. Why you hate? That's huge. I mean, good for her for being in a movie that's so successful. That is really good for her, but I just have to say you really need to keep it together because I so clearly have everything together in my life, and you just need to get on my level kind of thing. I understand that. Well, It it, it is hard. Maybe we can match each other on Tinder. Would that be weird? That would I'll be slide weird. right for you. That's a good thing. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so what do we see in predictions next week? The red Sharpie is coming back. Um, that means that we're getting some X's and serious revenge. There was gunshots. People were making out. Uh, what did you guys catch? What are you guys thinking? Predictions from either one of you. I'm going to start with Phil because I'm always looking at you, Anna, and never giving you time to think. Uh, I... Inter- I don't know. I don't know. I I, I feel like uh, Javier. I I just Javier and Charlotte. They where Charlotte's been so underplayed this whole season. Mm-hmm. I think in the next couple of episodes, she's really gonna have a lot to to do, and it's not gonna be good. And 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 Margot. She's Margo, turned to the dark side. Yeah, and Margot and Jack. Um, that's quick. I mean, thirty year mortgage now is not gonna look so good. Okay. I think Charlotte's going to have another unwanted pregnancy. Another uh, one? Yeah. Oh, is that a real prediction? Yeah. Oh, what? my God. Girl, be careful. Girl. Not, oh, not, not you, her. Um, <laughs> don't don't play. Oh, wait, do you guys remember her, like, little drug problem, though? Oh, yeah. I wonder if something like that's coming back. Like, something that, some some sort of a redo on something, because... I do like Javier as a character on the show. I'm excited to see where it goes. But, but I'm, how does the drug problem move this plot forward again? It has no, to be. I don't think it will. I just think it's going to show Charlotte, something about Charlotte going down a, a wrong path. But I feel like her drug problem would be more relevant at this time in her life than any other time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's been through a lot. That's a good a tip for any, <laughs> hey, 
If you're gonna have a drug yeah, club, make it relevant, make it relevant to the to, to what is going on in your life. And the views here expressed by After Us, whatever that sound cue is, wait for um, your time to be ultra crappy, because then it's like, well, yeah, what else are you gonna? And do? then everybody at least is like, oh my god, but we feel so bad for her because the love of her life was murdered. Yeah, and her baby, maybe. you know, the whole thing. So okay, anyway. if Aiden is to die uh-huh. in the next couple episodes. I want to have my heart well, it torn wouldn't be apart. Till the finale. I understand, but in the next couple episodes, I want to have my I want Emily and Aiden in a sick, twisted way to become such lovers and and like and you then know, Victoria for seduces it. him, and then Emily kills him. You want Victoria to seduce him? <laughs> you just That's said ter- you just wanted your heart ripped out. So I thought about what would be the worst thing. All right. She seduces him in the beach house where she saw her dad having sex with her. We have an episode on the 13th. and That's <laughs> next week. We have an episode on the 13th. Then we take a week off. Don't know why. Then we have an episode. Because we got to get to May. Okay. Then we have, an episode, no, then we have an episode on the 27th. Mm. Yep. Then we have the 4th. Then we have the 11th, which is the finale. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us with four episodes left. I mean, a lot can definitely happen. I, we know a lot's going to happen. We know a huge death is going to happen. We're going to have to say goodbye to somebody we either love or hate. Are we getting a two-hour finale like last time? I don't think so, but I, I'll look into it and tell you guys next week if, if they've even released that yet. Um, I'm just really, really worried. I'm worried about uh, exactly what we were talking about before, Emily's only choice being Jack. That's the biggest issue I will have. Um and it's gonna. And if Aiden dies, it's gonna be very hard to work around that because that's exactly what's happening. Uh, but I am excited to watch. I, I'm kind Here's of with you in my sick, twisted mind. I'm, I, I'm excited to watch their love grow. I'm, ex- I'm excited that Nolan and Javier are not lovers. <laughs> only because okay, how many that times? would be kind of a weird twist for Charlotte's life. That would be only because so many times when Three Nolan's some. last love interest <laughs> goes away, whether a guy or girl. Here's a new one. Yeah, but do you think that maybe Nolan develops feelings for Javier and then there's an issue? No, I don't think so. And then what, like, what about Nolan and Charlotte? Is that so wrong? Pass. Yeah, that's so yeah. wrong. And I'm still waiting for Patrick to come back at some point. Uh, anyway, I'm still waiting for Padma to come back from oh. the dead. Yeesh. I'll be waiting for a while. Um, okay, guys, any more predictions? No. Okay, no. so if I'm dying this week and I'm like, oh my God, I already went to iTunes, I already went to YouTube, I need to talk to you guys, where can I find you? Uh, you can follow me at Koppel from Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. And where can we find you? Uh, right here on AfterBuzz TV and on the brand new AfterBuzz TV app. So that is amazing. We have a new app. It's incredible. It's so user-friendly. Go to it and find all of our shows that you can listen to and watch. Or you can find me at Roxy Stryer. Until next week. Or where? Or on Tinder. <laughs> okay, until next week. Or get on Tinder. Buzz you later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 